0: September is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. And on this episode of Mindful Headlines, a brave young woman shares her story and struggles, attempted suicide, some of the lingering effects of it, and how she's learned to live with more self-love. There is hope, you know, I, at
1: that moment, I, I didn't think there was any, but there there is, and it's just, it's sticking through it.
0: If you're having suicidal thoughts or self-harm thoughts, you're not alone, and you can call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline any time of day, 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. Don't suffer from depression or anxiety in silence suicidal thoughts can affect anyone regardless of age, gender, or background. And I've listed several resources in our show notes. Now it's time to meet Kelsey Motley. I hope you'll honor and appreciate her openness. Kelsey, thanks so much for being a part of this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So Kelsey, um, September is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, and a lot of people have gone through this pandemic. They've struggled in certain ways, and you're here to tell your story. So first of all, thank you for telling your story. I know it's not an easy thing to do. Um, Will you give us a little bit of information about who you are and um, what happened during the pandemic for you? Yeah,
1: so I am 27.
0: I'm from Houston, Texas.
1: My whole entire life, I've uh, struggled with uh, mental health, didn't really know what was going on at a very young age, got diagnosed with ADHD, and it didn't really help and kept struggling. I did great in school, but there was something wrong with my thoughts and with my thoughts that controlled my body. So continuing to grow up, going into uh, college and everything, my thoughts started getting really intense, not really recognizing them and not really understanding why they were saying what they were saying to me and just really confused. And so uh, I started seeking help, didn't really find the help I needed. It just kept getting worse. And as I continued to find or seek out support, I was finally able to find something and that was Pathlight and uh, they have just really been able to help me with those, getting those thoughts under control and just being able to share my story with others, you know, with what we're going through in this pandemic right now, a lot of us are struggling with mental health issues and and we might be afraid to speak up about them and and it is scary I'm sitting here today being through that and still going through that you know mental health it it's a journey it's a process and and we're all in it together and it's just about speaking up and and being resilient through it all especially right now
0: did the pandemic heighten your feelings of um, whatever you were feeling, whether it was anxiety or stress or depression? Yes, it did.
1: Luckily enough, I was actually in the program while the pandemic hit, okay. uh, while our whole entire lives went online. I was in the program. And so it was a huge change and being in the program, it allowed me to... Uh, focus on all the change going on and and learning this this new way of life, if you will, and and how to manage with it and and how to deal with the isolation when I was already feeling all of this prior to the pandemic and not having the skills and the tools that I had learned
0: from Pathlight, I honestly don't know if I would be here today. Before you sought treatment, since September is Suicide Awareness Month, were you having suicidal thoughts? I I honestly wish more people would be resilient and sharing their stories.
1: Uh, So I have suffered from complex PTSD for a few years now. And uh, through having that, I sought out medication. And with medication, you know, there's really good things about it, but we also know there's side effects. And uh, with uh, one of the medications that I had gotten on, you know, I had already been having panic attacks, crazy triggers. I mean, my life was taken away from me. Honestly, I was scared to go to the grocery store. I have two service dogs and um, Carl actually went to Pathlight with me for four months every single day. It was it was amazing. Carl is your dog. He is. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And uh, um, with, uh, you know, those thoughts and these intense triggers and everything, I wasn't living. I was isolated and with the panic attacks. I mean, it was bad, you know, multiple panic attacks a day to where my muscles were so tense that my doctors were diagnosing me with actual like physical symptoms or illnesses like autoimmune diseases and everything and got on a medication my body did not take to it very well and being a yoga teacher practicing mindfulness and meditation I started noticing thoughts in my head thoughts that were not normal thoughts of where I wanted to hurt myself. And I I reached out to someone and if, if you're listening to this and someone tells you that they're thinking of any type of anything, listen to them. If you can't do anything, please tell someone because I told someone and they did not listen. And... I ended up hurting myself really bad. I have a traumatic brain injury from it. And I mean, lifelong side effects from it. And so just being able to speak about it and maybe stop someone that might be listening right now, like there is hope. You know, I, i at that moment, I, I didn't think there was any, but There, there is, and it's just, it's sticking through it and, and not being afraid to speak up because someone will
0: listen to you. You said you have a traumatic brain injury as a result of your suicide attempt. Sometimes when we talk about suicide prevention, suicide awareness, that's something that gets lost, that these are sometimes consequences, that they can be long-lasting health consequences that are really hard to recover from. What can you offer about some of those longer-term consequences that sometimes we don't think about? Oh, man. Uh, I'm
1: going to get emotional. Um, It's hard. It's really hard. I... uh from my consequences from it I don't really remember a lot about my past the the good stuff which is it's sad I I watch tv shows or anything and and someone will ask me about it and it's like I have no idea or you know like with the the tv shows I'll, I'll watch something and I can keep watching the same episode over and over again. <laughs> wow. And and so you know, when thinking about things like that and just how it has impacted me and and just the way I communicate and everything and and the way I process, you know, my brain works a lot slower than it used to. And it's because of myself. And that hurts. It hurts to know now that i'm better that i was able to do that to myself because i love myself and and knowing that i didn't love myself at one point it really hurts and and it hurts my family members and, and the people around me and and it's it's impacted my relationships. It's, it's hard to have relationships. Um, I honestly don't know if I will ever be able to hold a long-term relationship because there is so much and there isn't that much memory. You know, I am slow. I have a lot of knowledge. I'm in grad school and everything, but it's all related to recovery and and, and why I'm still alive. And so that's my purpose. And I've, I've had to embrace that knowing that relationships are challenging. I'm emotional and I just have to accept it. I have to accept what I did to myself and I have to forgive myself for it and just keep moving on. And it sucks. It really sucks. I, I'm not gonna say I don't think about it every day because I do because it affects me every single second of my life, and I don't want anyone else to, to live like I'm living.
0: And right after she answered that question, she asked me to repeat it.
1: Oh, can you ask the question again? See this this is the TBI in my memory. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Um, That happened a few times during our interview, and she told me when we were done recording that I should share that moment. It's part of those long-term consequences that she's dealt with after her suicide attempt. Take us from there to where you were in this dark spot, right, where, where you had an attempt on your life to then actually finding maybe the support that you needed and and just walk us through that because you said someone didn't listen right away. So when did you make that move into recovery? So I made that move right
1: after the the attempt because I I realized how important my life was. And if that person wasn't going to listen, I was going to listen to myself because I knew I mattered, and I knew the thoughts that were going through my head weren't me, it was out of my control. Um, I was actually speaking with a uh, a counselor i I was meeting with her maybe once a week or so and and she brought up this recovery center called Pathlight, and the stigma of mental health is scary. <laughs> And then recovery programs, you know, going back into history, there's some really scary stuff about it. And so wanting to put myself into it was like, am I really doing this? Huh? Okay. I'm not going to be able to work, but that's okay. Like I'm working on myself because without myself, I can't work. And so I stepped into it with full force, like, Every single day I showed up, I was present because a lot of um, healing and recovery is about being present and wanting to show up because it's hard. It's hard admitting that there's something going on, one, admitting it to yourself, but then admitting it to your family and your friends as well. How did they take it? a lot of them took it very well um they had seen me struggling throughout my life they knew how strong i was but they were so proud of me for putting myself out there and taking a step forward in my healing process and let me ask you this um what are some of the tools that really helped you yeah so oh man i learned so much stuff um, one of my favorite, honestly, it was one of the hardest ones. It was exposure therapy. Um, it was putting my body in in those moments that were very stressful, and allowing my body to work through them, making my body adapt to those moments, making it feel safe and not at, as a threat. And from doing that exposure therapy in multiple different environments. I've been able to get a hold of my life again. You know, I can go to the grocery store. Um, I was just in the Miss Colorado USA pageant with a huge crowd and lights and everything. And that was one of my biggest triggers. And then the one that really has just hit home to me is opposite action. When I don't want to do something, but I do it. Um, My body might be drained, you know, I work full time, I'm in grad school to be a clinical mental health counselor. And it's hard, you know, it's hard taking care of myself, it's, it's hard preparing healthy meals, it's hard getting up every single day at the right time, going to sleep at the right time. And, but I will say the one thing that I hope everyone will, like, keep to heart is Just being mindful in every present moment of every single day, noticing your thoughts, noticing your whole senses, you know, and it's really just allowed me to enjoy life, enjoy the small things. Just It's really allowed me to be mindful of the positive thoughts and really uh, directing myself towards those
0: positive thoughts. Do you feel like your gratitude for each and every day has changed?
1: Oh, very much so. I I used to wake up not really wanting to wake up, hitting snooze and everything. And now it's like, I wake up every single day and it's like, all right, what's going to happen today? But not like, oh, uh, what's going to happen today? No, it's like excitement. Like, what is on my plate? Who am I going to be able to connect with? Who can I like put happiness in today? And uh, it's it's just through uh, experiencing those little moments and, and every single day and, and the gratitude of every single day and in every in every single
0: second, because you honestly never know when it will be taken away from you. It's a difficult topic, like I said, to talk about. And then sometimes we don't talk about it. And I think getting the message out there and saying, okay, people struggle with this. And I've been there too, is really comforting and helpful to people listening. So thank you for being a part of this podcast.
1: Thank you so much just for having me and
0: and allowing me to,
1: to speak my story and everything. And it can happen to anyone. I was never the person to think I would ever struggle with mental health issues to, to that extreme. And so It can happen to anyone. And so if you are struggling and you are trying to do it alone, please don't. It's hard. I tried. Reach
0: out, reach out to
1: someone.
0: I'm happy to share Kelsey is competing in pageants, obtaining her master's degree, and one day hopes to open her own clinic to help others struggling with mental health problems. And I'm definitely cheering for her. Kelsey sought treatment at Pathlight, a nationwide network of recovery centers, including some in Western Washington. Dr. Bakshi and Dr. Berquist, featured on some other episodes, are psychiatrists there, and that's how I was connected with Kelsey. I usually release episodes every two weeks, but felt it was a good idea to give you an extra one this week. The pandemic has been so difficult for so many, and I hope listening to Kelsey's story helps save a life. You've been listening to Mindful Headlines, and I'm your host, Jessica Janner Castro. As always, subscribe and share with your friends and family. And one last reminder that you are not alone and your life matters. I'll see you next week.